welcome to another episode of Us Anxious Folk. Today's episode is another interview episode, which is so exciting. And we are going very international for this one. We're speaking to (laughs) Alex all the way from Madrid in Spain. Um, And Alex is somebody that I met through Instagram and he is just one of the most supportive lovely humans and every time I feel ashamed or scared he is there with this incredibly supportive message so I can't wait for you guys to hear his gems as well so hello Alex (laughs) hello Lauren how are you good I'm very good thank you it's so nice to see you in person even though we've seen (laughs) Instagram pictures (laughs) yeah (laughs) same to you yeah (laughs) Um, well, I saw you in the in YouTube videos, but you didn't yes. see me, so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the weird thing about knowing people on Instagram or from YouTube. It's you get this sense that you know them really well. And it's, I guess you yeah. know me quite well in a lot of ways that, you know, my work colleagues and stuff don't. So it's, it's an yeah. interesting relationship, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. So... I want to get started straight off the bat with your anxiety story because, you know, there are lots of elements of this that I don't know. So tell me, tell me your story. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, firstly, I want to talk about like, I have always been a very self-demanding person. And I think that it's in conjunction with being a little bit predisposed to feelings such as anxiety or depression or anger may have contributed to the development of my toilet anxiety problem. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, I, it was a traumatic experience which triggered the outbreak of my disorder. It was this day I was like 14 to 15 years old, more or less, and I, have a, I, I had a very big meal. I ate like a few starters, a typical Spanish dish that included rice, seafood, spices, everything. <laughs> Yes, and all, the, all the bowel aggravating. All <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 all the, the <laughs> aggravating stuff. Yeah. Um, and then after eating this pile of food, I went to play football with my friends with not much time between the two events. Like such a fucking great idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was this, like when we were playing, I started to feel a little bit sick in my stomach, but I didn't give it too much importance and I was like well it doesn't doesn't matter unfortunately for me the sensations started to feel more and more unpleasant and more intense so I told my friends that I was going to come back home because I didn't feel right Mm. then in my way home I suddenly grabbed my pants (laughs) (laughs) to put it bluntly (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, like I was rushing in panic. I um, went to hide in a wasteland that was near me mm. and I called my father desperately um, calling for help. <laughs> like, yeah. can yeah. you come here to um, bring me up, bring me to home, please? Yeah. And fortunately, or, or unfortunately, I don't know, nobody saw me when this happened, like only my father, so that isn't such a, such a big thing. And anyway, it felt awful. It was traumatic, really, really mm. awful. 
so past a year or so of after this experience i started feeling anxious about different situations which included like going in public transport exams or anywhere i couldn't control the time i could access the bathroom mm. you know yeah and this fear got worse and worse until i had two panic attacks in madrid and my mother came here from ibiza to save me literally mm. and after that i was well i came back to ibiza in the it was the the first year of my psychology degree and when i went uh, to ibiza i was put into psychopharmacological and psychotherapeutic treatment i was already in psychotherapeutic but not in psychopharmacological mm-hmm. and this treatment like the therapist i um, still go to is like like you like an angel fallen from heaven <laughs> thank you i'll take <laughs> that that, that have <laughs> that have helped me so much both you and my my therapist mm-hmm. and well now I am out of antidepressants. I took citalopram when I was uh, taking medication. But I'm still going to therapy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, now I'm I think I'm really able to live a considerably functional and well normal life. Yeah. Yeah. I I see you living a very functional and um incredible looking life. You have a beautiful girlfriend and you work out and you you know, I mean, I know Instagram only shows snippets, but from the outside, yeah, that's you fine. you don't seem to be holding back, which is great. Mm, yeah. Well, all of us have experienced setbacks and with this COVID stuff, it was awful. I mean, as agoraphobic people <laughs> when you're like obliged to stay at home like i think we all of us were like so secure in our comfort zone and we were obliged to be in our comfort zone mm-hmm. so i it was a really bad setback in, in relation to my toilet anxiety issues yeah. agoraphobia social phobia yeah wow. yeah so can i ask the um you know you, you mentioned agoraphobia you mentioned social phobia did that did that all come around after the toilet anxiety incident was it all sort of produced yes. from that one experience yeah absolutely it was yeah. the whole thing has been triggered by that the yeah. whole thing yeah my well my therapist also thinks that my well my personality traits like being very self demanding being mm, a little bit like neurotic neuroticism is for the people that hasn't heard of the term is a personality trait that um uh consists of emotional instability like being more predisposed to well, more prone to feeling anxiety depression yeah. and feelings like that yeah yeah hello that's me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah me too i'm lauren i'm neurotic um <laughs> but i i the thing that was interesting to me then when you were telling your story is that 
it starts out as a funny thing. Um, you know, kind of the way you're telling it is like this humorous thing that happened. And I think now, especially because you have some distance from it, you're able to sort of talk about it in a more lighthearted way, but then you can kind of see where that turns as well and where it became an experience for you that was, like you said, so traumatic. Um, And it's, it's interesting to me, like how, how we can have those two people inside of us, this one person who thinks that, you know, crapping your pants is just, I mean, most people, it happens to them at some point in their life, whatever. But then we have this other part that That's right. just can't cope with it. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, I think that the capability of being able to talk about it in such a humorous way, like you told, like you said, sorry, <laughs> comes from a task that my my therapist told me to do. And it was so beautiful. I really, well, it was so difficult, but the result was so beautiful. It was a task where you, as an adult adult person, had to write a letter letter to the traumatized Alex that was rushing in panic when he grabbed his pants. Yeah, yeah. And it was... A letter with, where um, you had to write like support messages, love messages, and ideas that would help that person to rationalize more mm-hmm. and like feeling feeling of it like a more natural thing, a more yeah, a human nat- thing, a human thing. That's right. Yeah. I mean, now that you say the word human, I. This reminds me of the the video I told you about where you say I was like in some of the my upset days where I was not feeling very great and I I was like well let's see <laughs> Lawrence videos <laughs> 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 and I went to watch I I think that it was your second video about toilet anxiety your second update video mm-hmm. And the part with you said where you said, "Stop beating yourself up for being human." Mm. I broke into tears. Oh. It was, I mean, but it was in a really beautiful way because I needed someone that really, that truly understood me, mm-hmm. or with what I felt. Because my therapist, my family, my girlfriend, my friends. They all support me, but mm. they don't truly understand what I live every day. Yes. And you do, <laughs> you know. And that angel falling from heaven, <laughs> telling me everything I needed to hear from someone else. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. It was like yeah. be- very beautiful. <laughs> I'm glad. Sometimes you just need permission from another human. You know? Yes. Yes. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so um I I love your take on all of that. And I, I think it that's a um I have to say when you and I first started talking, I was still in a place where I didn't want to talk about it very much. Like I'd come out and made mm. this video because I knew it was important, but I also was still really sh- ashamed and embarrassed. And so mm. I was quite 
like I guess I held back a lot whereas now I'm very vocal about it and very open and that's actually been helped by you and you know (laughs) other people who are open about it as well so we each give each other space to be human which is so nice yeah 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 yeah, absolutely I'm so glad of it yeah yeah me too um (laughs) so I want to ask about the psychology as well um, because you did mention that doing a psychology degree which is incredible (laughs) um i mean i can't i can barely study at all i can't even do math so the fact that you're doing a degree is is incredible um (laughs) but so i think you were already studying psychology before the anxiety is that what the timeline was well i was like i well i told you that i was a a very self-demanding person and yeah these expectations about me like really came from any uh, everybody else telling me uh, you're a great student uh, study uh, do sports like you have to be perfect they didn't really tell this to me but the an underlying message was that yeah. and that was right like really growing these um, excessive expectations in my mind you know and like I firstly was going to study medicine but in my well in here in Spain we have like an exam when you finish your um, secondary studies where you have to um, uh, well you try to have the best score so you can access to the university you want to the degree that you want Mm -hmm. and fortunately i didn't get this score for doing medicine okay and i got this score for doing psychology which was the which was my dream i mean if i did medicine it was mm, the whole point of it would be being a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah but I mean, I didn't want to spend like six years of general medicine and then four years of specializing myself in psychiatry. And I didn't want to sacrifice the other things in my life to being a psychiatrist. And the psychology degree, I mean, it's a four-year degree where the whole point is focused on the human mind and i was like i want to do this Mm -hmm. and even if i because if you're a clinical psychologist here in spain you can't uh, say to your patients take this medicine take this antidepressant take this you know you only can if you're a psychiatrist but i mean um, with mental health medicines are really important i'm not saying that they they aren't but if you don't uh take well uh use medicines as a tool and focusing in psychotherapy the patient isn't going to improve that much Mm -hmm. like sometimes sometimes medicines like i don't know how to say it (laughs) sorry i'm going to that's okay okay like camouflage is it mm-hmm. you know what it is a camouflage so like a disguise yeah so like medicines 
camouflage your um, mental issues, yes. but they don't really get healed. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm explaining myself. No, perfectly. It's they're they're okay. not the answer a hundred percent. They're not going to cure you. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. They may help quite a lot. I mean, they they help me so much with my my improvement in my my toilet anxiety issues and all that. But the restructuring of my irrational ideas, exposing myself to to the situations that scared me, mm -hmm. telling my loved ones what I was going through, that was well. Those things were the um, the ones that really helped to heal me yes. and to improve in my my issues my mental issues yeah i feel like the medication maybe gives you a bit of space yes and then absolutely. you can go after the thoughts and the behaviors you know whereas yeah if you don't have the medication i mean you can do it without the medication but it just gives you that little bit of extra breathing room <laughs> yes yes absolutely yeah yeah so with the psychology, I mean, how are you finding that in terms of studying and also having an anxiety disorder yourself? Is it is it a whole other level of learning, you know? Like, do you find things that you learn and think, wow, I can apply that to myself? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, with this whole thing of studying psychology, like the... the um, the desire to being a, a clinical psychologist came from my my experiences with with, with anxiety with mental problems yeah and it was like all the therapists i have been treated by have failed me quite a lot and i had a feeling like i want to be this man in the future yeah <laughs> <laughs> i want to help people who suffer from the same thing as me mm -hmm. and well obviously anyone who has any kind of problems with their own mental health mm -hmm. and it isn't like i am in depth with psychology it is more of a vocational orientation than mm -hmm. feeling obliged to do it so it's such a beautiful commitment yeah and also i think with the um, the things you said about uh, understanding myself um, more with studying psychology mm. I think it has helped me and is helping me so much to understand things like my thoughts, my emotions, mm -hmm. my personality, my behaviors, everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm extremely happy to um, with the the pathway of preparing myself to being in um in a hospital or any um, sanitary context where I'm going to help people i mean that's my dream that's my whole dream yeah yeah i think you i mean i already said this to you but i think you'll you'll do beautifully at that because you do you have that depth of understanding that um i think is so invaluable and like you said you you don't really hear you don't hear things unless they come from someone who you feel has been where you have been yeah you know, yeah so. absolutely yeah 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 i love that that's right but in terms of the um, doing such an intense subject, I know you had exams recently that you were telling me about. Um, yes. Things like exams for something like toilet anxiety, I mean, I know just even putting those two together can cause dread in so many <laughs> <Yes>. people. 
Yes. Because <laughs> you, you can't really leave the room, right? Or um, I guess yeah. any stressful event, any time where you think I'm not going to be able to use the bathroom frequently here is when mm-hmm. you're, I was going to say but, but your brain decides to just say, <laughs> now's a good time to just explode, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, 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 absolutely. And maybe, well, sometimes your butt does too, yeah. but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but so t- talk point... to me about that, the, the exams and, you know, how do you manage the stress and the toilet anxiety? Yeah, okay, well, exams are the worst, the worst <laughs> part of the <laughs> I love that you don't studying. sugarcoat I mean, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, well, however, I, I have improved pretty much in regulating myself within being exposed to this situation and now like i have less things to worry about apart from the exam (laughs) which is really nice you know yeah and when i was at my worst stage in relation to my toilet anxiety problem like i had to take a lopermid pill you know what's lopermid yeah, well, like a, a, the... a Imodium type pill. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So my gut didn't worry me while I was doing the exam. But the problem was that I took it even when I didn't really need it. So I knew that that wasn't right. And I had to measure out myself mm-hmm. more in that aspect. Mm-hmm. So then I was improving with some of my fears, some of my rational ideas, etc. And I began to expose myself more to these scary situations, like not taking loperamid before going to the exam. Mm-hmm. And the first days, as every fucking exposed therapy, <laughs> are um, like catastrophic, are yeah. um, awful. Awful, yeah. Awful, but... Then when you are more and more exposed, it becomes like great. It becomes satisfying to to feel able to do what you wanted to do yes. and couldn't in the yes. first time. Yeah. So mm, the anxiety, the anxiety feeling became more of an acceptable feeling than a crippling one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the exams made me a little bit anxious, but I mean as almost everyone feels like that in in the exams. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, the anxiety is like beneficial in some way, mm-hmm. even, in, even though it, it sounds paradoxical. I mean, there is like this curve that relates anxiety with performance and evidence suggests that the sweet spot lies in, within a moderate level of anxiety. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we feel nothing, like being totally apathetic, our cognitive resources don't have the same strength, fluidity, speed to be focused on the cognitive task Mm -hmm. uh, than when we are a little nervous. Also, when obviously, when we are crippled by anxiety, a vastly high level of anxiety, our emotional health overcomes our rational one. So these cognitive resources are like all over the place. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, for for those of us who sometimes have thought 
what is the fucking point of feeling this way? Yeah. Well, this is it. I mean, we are more predisposed to focus and to act quickly when we are a little bit anxious. Mm-hmm. If we never felt anxious about anything, we wouldn't survive. I mean, anxiety is necessary, you yeah. know? Yeah. Anxiety is, as you said in some of your videos, is your body trying to tell you, I don't want you to be hurt. I don't want you to be in danger. Mm-hmm. I mean, but mm, obviously this emotion can become maladaptive. And with, when that happens, we have to reteach our primitive brain that the things that it is scared of don't represent such a great threat, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But yeah. in the end, anxiety is absolutely necessary and it's a an adaptive emotion you know yeah yeah i i love flipping the perspective on that because you know there are so many uh there are so many like memes and and sayings to do with anxiety saying like your anxiety is lying to you and um you know you are not your anxiety and all those kind of phrases that have never sat right with me because i feel like there is so much of our anxiety that is valuable and useful It's just yeah. learning how to find that sweet spot. And so for you, mm-hmm. would you say getting to that sweet spot was a matter of just repetition with exposing yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, ex- um, exposing myself to the, ex- well, you do exams, like in psychology, you do exams two times per year. Mm-hmm. I mean, one time in January for the first um uh the first term yeah and uh the other time in may for the second one mm-hmm. so you are not much exposed to it because you do it two times per year but um, i mean my whole life i have been doing exams and it was more of the restructure restructuration i don't know if i'm saying it correctly yeah, yeah restructuring of yeah restructuring yeah that of my my irrational ideas like feeling mm, the the need of going to the bathroom so unnatural when it is quite a natural thing (laughs) i think that was the the things that really helped me to bring my anxiety levels to a more moderate uh, range yeah okay so if you um because Honestly, on the YouTube, that the Toilet Anxiety videos, a lot of the questions are related to school and exams mm. and toilet anxiety. And for someone like me who has been out of school for quite a while, I don't, I don't feel exactly qualified to, um, to comment on that. But so what would, what would your advice be for someone who, you know, is dealing with exams or just with school in general? Um, what would you say is a good way for them to get to that sweet spot? Okay, so, well... Something I, I did when, doing, when having exams and really helped me was like, uh, now I do it every day, but I didn't do it uh, at that time. And it was before going to sleep, doing, uh, I mean, 10 minutes or five minutes sleep meditation, mm-hmm. like a guided audio meditation. And that helps you to get in a more deep stage of sleep 
which is going to help you to be more focused, to have a, a better performance in your exams, and also to be less anxious. I mean, when we have sleep, when we feel healthy, when we do sports, when we do all of that things, all those, all of those things, sorry, um, we feel better. We don't feel that anxious anymore. We feel a little bit less, and that helps so much to bringing your anxiety levels to more moderate range, like mm -hmm. I said, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, well, also, I mean, if you're feeling, if you feel that your anxiety levels are um, interfering with you having an, um, a functional uh, life rhythm or a more uh, normal one, you... You have like therapists and psychiatrists and psychologists who are willing so much mm -hmm. um, to to help you through that. I mean, that is a yeah. resource that we all have there, you know? Yes, there is help out there. It's just a matter of asking for yeah. it, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think honesty with that as well, because I went to quite a few therapists and I would dance around the issue of toilet anxiety and I'd say I just get really anxious but I never actually explicitly said I'm really terrified I'm going to shit my pants so, I was exactly the same exactly yeah. the same as me yeah. <laughs> but so they can't help you if they don't know what the actual yeah. fear is right yeah 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 and I'm sure they've heard Absolutely. it many times before <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was like the first time I went to therapy I mean, I told my therapist that, well, exams make me feel anxious because I i don't know if I'm going to have a good score, you know, yeah. a good mark. Or, and it was like <laughs> the third session, I was like, well, I have lied to you <laughs> during this whole time. <laughs> and my fear is about shitting myself, not about uh doing wrong an exam or something like that yeah, yeah and it was like well okay thank you for being so brave to tell me that so thank you for being um for feeling uh trust to me mm -hmm. on telling me that and mm -hmm. then it was uh, I, it was so much better when i obviously yeah. <laughs> yes. when he knew what it was really about you know but it is it's one of those things that i mean you spend so much time thinking about it and it's like it haunts you. And so you never really want to say it out loud because yeah. you're just drawing attention to it. And it's, I get why you lied about it initially. Cause yeah, I was exactly the same, <laughs> <laughs> but so in terms of travel, cause I know that's something you do as well, a fair bit of, yeah. Um, I wish I was in Spain. Just hearing you say Ibiza and Madrid, I'm like, man, I want to go to these places. Um, <laughs> you need to come. You need to oh, come. I would love to. When when Melbourne finally gets out of lockdown, maybe. Um, yeah. But so tell me about that and toilet anxiety because that again, that can be such a big trigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I mean, mm, traveling isn't a situation that scares me that much right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, in the first stages of my toilet anxiety development, it scared me. But every fucking thing apart from being at home scared me. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, it was uh, like, 
And anyway, when I started to think things like, well, there are bathrooms in airports and so they are in planes, mm -hmm. then I don't have to feel scared of it. Mm -hmm. Or if I am not sitting in the corridor seats in the plane, um, it is okay to ask the people next to me if they allow me to stand up because I want to go to the toilet. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a natural thing. And it was the understanding of these things and doing them, of course, which made me feel safer and more comfortable while traveling, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, this reminds me of an effect brought up by Myers in 2006, which he's a social psychologist. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is named the, like something like the spotlight effect. It's, it consists of this feeling of being emotionally naked to the other people, you know? Mm -hmm. Everyone has felt this this way sometime, but it's it's really an irrational idea that stays far from reality. I mean, people don't have magical glasses that describe thoroughly your feelings, you know? Yeah. Obviously, they may detect if you're sad, if you're happy, if you're angry, if you're nervous, but they won't know why unless you tell them about it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So are you saying so, that, um, you know, say, for example, you're sitting on a plane and you're not in the mm -hmm. aisle seat and you have to say to that person next to you, excuse me, I, I need to go to the bathroom. I know exactly. for me in the past, the thoughts I've had is like, you're going to have an accident and everyone's going to judge you and everyone's going to laugh at yeah. you. But what you're saying is those, those people have no way of x-raying into your head and seeing exactly. all those terrified thoughts. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's so they may, sorry? No, go on, go on. They may, may detect, I mean, they may, but not in a 100% certainty level. Mm. They may detect, well, maybe this person is a little bit nervous because you are like, but you told, you told, well, you said in one video that you were so good at hiding your, <laughs> yes. your, your emotions while feeling panic or while feeling um, anxiety. You know, mm, yeah. but I'm not that great at it. So <laughs> they may detect that I am feeling a little bit anxious, but it isn't. It isn't a bad thing. It is a natural thing, also. Yeah. So yeah. So what do you think the fear is there? I mean, when it comes to toilet anxiety, I was always scared that you know I'm going to be embarrassed. But I know there's so much underneath that as well. And what have you found for you is that what's that major fear? Yeah, I mean. Is the fear that you said in your toilet anxiety video? Absolutely. I mean, it's a fear of judgment. It mm -hmm. the um, seating yourself is the um, the superficial aspect of the fear, yeah. you know. But feeling scared of people judging you, uh, laughing at you, mm -hmm. not respecting you, not helping you—that is the whole point of the fear. Mm -hmm. I mean. I think toilet anxiety is more of a social phobia thing than than toilet anxiety itself, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of it is too. What's, what's interesting to me is that I had toilet anxiety before I'd ever had any kind of accident. It was just yeah. the fear of it happening. But then I, you know, it was last, the year before last, I think I actually did 
crap my pants <laughs> when I was yeah, sick one yeah. day and it was in a yeah. McDonald's. So it was very public. Um, mm. But even after that, I still wasn't um, like that experience wasn't awful in the way that I'd made it out to be. Yeah, It was uncomfortable mm. and it was a bit yuck. Obviously, yeah. But it wasn't. Yeah, it didn't yeah. have all that shame with it that I I thought it was w- would have. Mm-hmm. So it really is yeah. like you're saying. It's just the the act of actually having an accident, crapping your pants, you know, peeing your pants, whatever it might be, is mm-hmm. just this mm-hmm. carrier for all the shame <laughs> that that actually is beneath it. Like you were talking before yeah. about the shadow self, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not much of a fan of psychoanalysis it's like um psychology um, uh, current that talks about um unconscious impulses and unconscious um, processes you know Mm -hmm. but there's this idea of charles jung charles jung is a psychoanalyst that is as you said the shadow self and the shadow self is uh like a part of ourself that involves our rejected and repressed parts mm. you know so that this fear of judgment and being laughed at and all these things that so i mean <laughs> uh, we do not fear uh, the judgment of others itself we fear what we are going to make that judgment mean you know yeah yeah so like i'm unlovable or i'm i'm not good enough yeah exactly exactly yeah 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 it's interesting we're really just a a bundle of um assumptions about ourselves aren't we (laughs) at the end of the day (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah okay so i wanted to talk about um well hang on i just lost my place there sorry um (laughs) I wanted to talk about your daily routine and I'm kind of hoping there's going to be something about, uh, you know, working out and getting endorphins going because I know you're a fan of that and I am a big fan of it. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm such a great fan of working out. I mean, I um, I do martial arts. I love martial arts and I, I also like doing resistance training with weights. But with this COVID stuff, I... I can't do martial arts as I wanted. I mean, mm-hmm. I only do them in I when I'm in Ibiza in summer because of the holidays of the degree mm-hmm. with my friend because we both love martial arts and we do we do them in my house mm-hmm. <laughs> in like um, a room with tatami. And do you know what a tatami is? No. It's like a mat. Sorry, oh, a right, mat. Right. Tatami is in Japanese. Yeah. And we do MMA there, you know, mm-hmm. but always with um, control, not hitting too hard, with yeah. focusing on technique, you know, and it's such a great feeling. I mean, martial arts have helped me very much in being more self-confident, not, not in a way like I know how to beat the shit out of people. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like. I know how to defend myself. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a problem with someone, I mean, in, a, in the street, that someone that I love is involved, 
I know I can get in. And the last resource would be to defend ourselves physically, you know? And I think I could... Sorry? Beat the shit out of them. (laughs) (laughs) More or less. (laughs) But yeah, I think I would be prepared for that, you know? And also, I have always been a very protective person with the people I love, you know? So that goes very well along with my personality. So anyway, (laughs) sorry, I am... (laughs) Oh, good. Love it. I love hearing about martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, th- I mean, before having mental issues, there are things that I have always done that, uh, that help me feeling better, you know? And some of these things are, for example, having an organized schedule mm-hmm. and doing sports at least three times per week, you know? And... Also, I think that apart from our daily routine, knowing ourselves ourselves more really helps with doing things that uh, do well for us. For example, I know I'm uh, a really extroverted person. So contact with others, hanging out and partying <laughs> are, are things that make me feel great but great yeah furthermore i am relatively neurotic as we said before you know so i may feel a little bit overwhelmed in some of these situations Mm. but um, i know i have to try some tactics to regulate myself because in the end i really enjoy that those experiences you know Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm scared of them at the beginning. Yeah. So, so it's again finding that sweet spot, right? The balance. Ex- exactly, exactly. It's always about it, about finding the balance of your, like, your emotions and, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, well, talking about my daily routine, I, from Monday to Friday, I wake up at 8.30 in the morning. I go down to the cafeteria of my residence to have breakfast. And well, then I come back to my room to make my bed, brush my teeth, clean my face because with the the fucking mask thing, I have developed a little bit of mm, facial acne, you know. Yeah. So I have to to treat it. And then I study approximately two hours from ten to twelve, more or less. Yeah. After studying, I go to the gym on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. The weekends and Wednesday, uh, Wednesdays are my rest days. Yeah. And next, I come back from the gym, get a cold shower. Not warm, cold showers. Because, for example, cold showers also, also help with things that we may feel scared of. I mean, cold showers have r- so many benefits, like improving your... Um, your defenses, you know, your um, immune system. Yeah. Um, feeling more with more energy, uh, etc. And they like when you are when you get a cold shower, it is some of um, exposing yourself to something stressful. Yeah, something you know? discomfort, uncomfortable. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And when you are exposing yourself to something discomfortable, stressful, it may 
transfer a little bit to the things that you're scared of, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe that, that, mm, that experience helps you with, with that, with feeling less scared of things. You feel more, more confident. I mean, yeah. you feel capable of being exposed to an stressful situation, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that would translate really well into other situations. Mm -hmm. okay and well next i i go to have lunch with my friends in the cafeteria as well and lastly i go to the university from 3 30 p.m to 8 30 p.m more or less depending on the uh, the um the timetables of the the day they yep. depend and then after classes i come back to my residence i have dinner and I give myself some free time there to watch like series, movies, to watch videos on YouTube, you know, mm -hmm. a little bit of free time to disconnect from everything else, mm -hmm. you know. And finally, I go to bed somewhere near, well, sorry, every day, as, I, as, I, as we said before, I do this sleep meditation mm -hmm. 10 minutes before going to sleep and it helps so much so much yeah with having a better sleep with getting slept before you know mm -hmm. well with falling asleep before and at 12 30 more or less in midnight that's when i go to bed and i um, um, go to sleep because i try to get at least um, seven to eight hours of sleep every day because if I don't, I, <laughs> I'm like awful, yeah. you know. Me too. Hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> Hot mess. That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you stay up later, much later than I do. But <laughs> and I tell you what, you're a lot more regimented than most people I know, and I I find that I find that very admirable and very soothing as well that you have this this schedule. Um, I don't know. I think that uh, a lot of neurotic people, anxious people yeah. would mm -hmm. benefit quite a lot from having, you know, some kind of structure to their day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, the f well, when I was at my worst stages with my toilet anxiety, I was very disorganized because I didn't mm, care about other yeah. things. I mean, I was um mentally feeling horrible you know yeah but then when i started improving i was like well let's work the other aspects of my life you know yeah and having a schedule for people that are really responsible neurotic i mean that combination is <laughs> awful <laughs> but well not awful not awful i mean you know to understand what goes along with your personality yes you know yeah that's why we have to try to understand ourselves more to know ourselves more and mm -hmm. for example i know i'm extroverted neurotic really really responsible that's why i know that being organized having a schedule studying every day doing sports is going to help me feel better like mm -hmm. mentally and physically mm -hmm you know yeah yeah and that's it yeah yeah i find that sometimes 
when I feel really overwhelmed, I'll just, without thinking about it, I'll tidy something. Like I'll organize a cupboard or, or something, you know, something random. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'll just say I'm just doing housework. But it actually helps me to feel more structured in my head. You know, it's like if your mm-hmm. surroundings are a mess, your head's a mess and vice versa. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and this is a question that I ask everyone because there's some gems that come out here. But what is your advice to somebody who is going through a really, really hard time, um, you know, with their anxiety, with toilet anxiety, perhaps social anxiety, you know, just feeling feeling like like we've felt where they just don't know where to yeah. go? What would your advice be to them? I think that for the people that um, are scared of judgment, as we we were talking about before, I mean, if you don't talk to anyone about what your feelings are in relation to your fears, to your phobia or everything, you will always feel that they are going to laugh at you. They are going to judge you. They are going to um, uh, to abandon you. I mean, but when you take a step and obviously with someone that you have um, uh, trust, that you love, that you are comfortable with, talk openly about it. It's going to help so much. I mean, with this... Um, taboo stuff that we have to to tackle being open about it breaks down so much barriers in our mind about fears about irrational ideas Mm -hmm. you know yeah 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 i think that's very important mm -hmm. yeah and also as as i know i know that you do this as well the, the sense of humor with this stuff really helps quite a lot. I mean, <laughs> uh, telling jokes about shitting your pants, about, um, not, you know, about not feeling well. Yeah. I mean, even with the most, most awful experiences, I know it is difficult, but when you know how to laugh about a problem, it becomes much smaller, you know? Yeah. It becomes more, um, uh, I don't know how to say this, <laughs> more um, bearable, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And trying to make jokes about my issues, my toilet anxiety problems with my friends, I mean, it has helped quite a lot on relativizing the problem you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah my um one of my very good friends has a bowel like mine and he you know when he gets nervous he is in the toilet for hours <laughs> he just can't stop yeah. can't stop pooping and he's in <laughs> he's in a new relationship and it was his birthday the other week and his new girlfriend bought him a coffee mug that's in the shape of a poo because <laughs> she's like, I'm like, she knows you so well already, you know, but that's because yeah. he's open about that. And yeah, I, I love that. I love when people are just open about something so natural and so human and something yeah. that literally every single one of us go through daily. 
Exactly, exactly. We all go to the toilet. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> yes. There's no human being that doesn't go to the toilet. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, the most human natural thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And it, it shouldn't be and, something that holds you back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's lovely. That thing with your <laughs> coffee pot with your with your friend. That's that's lovely. I just I just thought it was great that you know so early on in their relationship, it's like let's just laugh about this because that's yeah, like you said, yeah. it makes it bearable. It takes away some of the pain and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, humor is is a um, uh, you know uh, we have studied it. It's um confrontation mechanism you know mm-hmm. when when we talk about fears and phobias and all this stuff humor yeah. is a really strong confrontation mechanism okay. that works really well i i didn't know that so that's yeah that's amazing yeah i love that i wonder if it does it take <laughs> it to like a different part of our brain or you know what i mean like how it's like it- there are different mechanisms and they are the ones that work better in short term mm-hmm. and the ones that work better in long term. For example, when we evade ourselves from our fears, for example, watching a movie, trying to not think about it, it works good mm-hmm. in short term. When you finish your movie, when you finish evading yourself, you're going to feel the way you felt before again yeah Yeah. you know but these are and these mechanisms are uh, focused in uh, shutting down the emotion you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not shutting down the problem yeah and the other mechanisms that work better for long term are the mechanisms focused on the problem Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and for example making jokes about it is it is um, really focused on the problem you know yeah yeah you you can also make jokes about feeling anxious yeah but it's going to help as well you know yeah yeah love that i feel like i just got a free psychology lesson <laughs> <laughs> well <Thank> i'm <laughs> i'm still not a psychology yeah. thank you uh, you're welcome you're welcome i'm still not a psychologist but i'm well we have studied um, little things yeah till yeah. up to date you know yeah yeah that's awesome. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for being a guest on this episode. I personally got so much out of this um, and I think it's going to help a lot of people. There's so much value yeah, in, in your, even just in your experience, if you didn't, you know, if you weren't doing a psychology degree, there's so much value in just the, the insights you've had along your journey. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I mean, I am a fan of you, Lauren. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I I also just want to extend a thank you for doing this in a language that is not your first language because you've been incredible. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Talk about like anxiety provoking. It's like, hey, can you do a podcast interview in a language that isn't your first one? Amazing. Amazing job. Um, Thank you. If someone uh, wants to get in contact with you after the podcast, can they message you on Instagram or? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm absolutely open to talk to anyone with any kind of problem to give them support or whatever they want, you know. 
amazing. You're so lovely. Thank you very <laughs> so much. You. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for listening to the Us Anxious Folk podcast, the podcast for the chronically overwhelmed, perpetually panicked, anxious folk in all of us. If you would like to find more about me, you can find me on YouTube at Lauren Rose or on Instagram at Lauren R underscore Rose.